The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blihan Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The need to place mind, body, and spirit in his hands and will is important to be like Jesus. Testifying and winning souls for him means nothing if the heart shows no joy in doing service for the king. Our constant prayer should be, Lord, live within me. 
the Apostolic Faith Church Choir, directed by Emilia Hahn, joyously give their praise by singing the song titled Abide in Me, accompanied by Tiari Summers on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. I invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. for that beautiful presentation. The Apostolic Faith Church Band, led by yours truly, will play for you the wonderful song entitled, Sing to the Lord.
It gives me great pleasure to introduce our soloist for this morning, Abigail Asano. Abigail, an eighth grader at Moanalua Middle School, readily gives her all to the gospel work and today with love and humility. Abigail will sing her rendition of the beautiful melody entitled, God Will Make a Way. Saints and friends, no matter the obstacles, the tests and tribulations that may come and try to block your life journey, always remember, the good Lord will always open doors. He readily creates new roads, and He never fails to show you the possibilities of the impossible. God will always make a way. Abigail will be accompanied by Tiare Summers on the piano. God's Word tells us that all things work together for good to them that love God. I believe that God can turn it around for good and make a way where there seems to be no way. seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to His side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a
Dear Lord, make a way where there seems to be no way. Are you ready for the day of the Lord's return? We all should diligently work and prepare for that wonderful day when we can all bid this old world goodbye and join the Savior in heaven with heartfelt gladness. That day is coming soon, TV viewers. Are you ready? Singing their second number and final number for today, the church choir joyously await to sing for you the song entitled, Ride the Chariot. I'm gonna ride the chariot in the morning glory. anticipation of going home with Jesus is Rose Pahaku Carter. On her banjo, Rose will play the number entitled, I am on my way to heaven.
thank you, Rose, for that awesome number. And before moving on to the all-important reading of God's Word, our husband and wife duo, Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. and his helpmate Emilia, will sing to one and all the melody entitled, Jesus is Coming Soon. Tim and Emilia will be accompanied by Iris Locke on the piano. Today's number is dedicated to a faithful member of the Molokai Branch Church, Ms. Florence Bush. Florence, may the good Lord continue to bless and keep you and your family safe, and may he give you a wonderful year. Trouble sometimes are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom will all hold in, now is that stay. Humbling your heart to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians So many cold, losing their home of gold. Testing God's word is told, evil's above. When the signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, it will come very fast. Trumpets will sound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies. soon be or happy forevermore when we meet on that shore free from all care rising up in the sky telling the world goodbye home when we then will fly glory to share Jesus is God Just be in the sky. 
I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloha, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the launch work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. We all need comfort, strength, guidance, wisdom, and solutions to the many and unending problems we encounter in our daily lives. What better way to address our human perplexities than by seeking and turning to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to fulfill those needs? I thank you for joining us in today's telecast. I sincerely pray the Lord will touch your hearts and the sermon I have ready for this telecast and entitled, the Word of God will take precedence. Will be that important step in the right direction which you seek. Decisions are subject to the approval of a higher authority. Whether the higher authority will accept or reject the proposal, the higher authority will nevertheless have the final say. 
when there appears to be confusion, dissension, and discontent, and the correct decision cannot be agreed upon, then a higher authority that has concern for and understands the greater good will make the final decision. In our judiciary system, should the ruling judge feel that the 12-member jury has reached an erroneous verdict, the judge has the authority to overrule their cumulative decision. Thus, in our spiritual lives, Jesus is the higher authority in all things and has the final say on how our lives upon this earth should be lived and equally important, how his church should be maintained. In Hebrews 13, 8, it reads, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In this scripture, we are told how the righteousness of God has never changed, though mankind and the world they live in has changed tremendously. Secondly, the unchanging character of God is also being clearly described. Beginning from the first page of the book of Genesis and ending in the final page of the book of Revelation, the sovereign power of Jesus Christ is evident. First, it is one of self-existence. There is no other God that sits alongside him. Neither is there any comparable to him. Jesus specifically said, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Secondly, his patience, mercy, and long-suffering is everlasting. Jesus loves and cares for what was created in his own image. It is in his heart that all men come to repentance after hearing the gospel of the kingdom of God. Thirdly, his word, which is the 66 books of the Bible and what is revealed by the Spirit, is the final authority. The church can learn tremendously if the Holy Ghost and the word are given free course. Thusly, the word of God has superiority in all things. When the Word of God is preached by God, fearing and spirit-directed pastors, it becomes highly effective in bringing forth fruits of righteousness and repentance. Let us read in Romans, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall they receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. The mystery of godliness and that of iniquity is revealed to his pastors through the Holy Spirit, and therefore are of a different caliber in spirit. These men of God rejoice not because they have been given the authority to pray for the sick, to give counsel to those who oppose themselves, or to cast out devils. They rejoice that they have the privilege to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, and that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
When these God-fearing men begin to talk about Jesus, they address the need for salvation without fear. The word they preach is likened to a two-edged sword that has a dual purpose. When preached correctly, it pierces the heart. If the word convicts the heart, then the opposite edge can heal it. If our hearts do not condemn us, then we can rejoice with joy unspeakable. Jesus' ministry began with great significance when he was sent into the world. At the River Jordan, Jesus purposed himself to be baptized by immersion. Doing so, he demonstrated what he would require of every soul that would be born upon this earth. The obedience expressed in water baptism was in turn rewarded with the presence of God through the Spirit. Paul described the infilling of the Holy Ghost as a seal of redemption. Then a voice from heaven spoke, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, which sanctioned the fact that everyone must be born of water and of the Spirit in order to be saved. Why was Jesus baptized? Jesus purposed himself that righteousness might be fulfilled. If he expected souls to be saved from sin, he had to demonstrate what was expected of them. By being baptized, Jesus set the pattern of works for all believers to follow, that sin might be eradicated from the conscience rather than from the flesh. What do we know about sin? All the information about sin is found in the Bible and our understanding opened by the Holy Ghost. We are told that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of life, there is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this unbelieving world, condemning sin in the flesh and giving eternal life through his death and resurrection. The gospel Jesus brought with him was a ministry of reconciliation, bearing good news. It was a ministry specifically designed to allow mankind to regain the image of God lost through disobedience. However, the choice to be saved is a decision the individual must make. In other words, TV viewers, you decide the future of your spiritual life. Let us read in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It should not be difficult for men to understand this scripture. Jesus did not bring magic potions or miracle jokes for people to buy. He did not deceive conscientious listeners into buying articles of faith, nor did he persuade them to join a partnership that would sell or purchase perishable items. Jesus was straightforward and direct, and the rewards and consequences of one's decision were made very clear. Jesus was baptized by immersion because the scriptures describe how he rose straightway out of the waters of Jordan. Here in this passage, Jesus reiterates the need for water baptism. Simply put, if you believe in Jesus, television viewers, how then can you deny keeping his commandments? The end result is clear. If you believe, then you will be baptized. If you deny him, then water baptism is out of the question. Damnation and eternal separation will be your reward. Let us turn to and read Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now after that, John was put into prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the times fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. 
The gospel should be accepted in this manner. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. There is no better time to consider the salvation of your soul. Viewers in the very present, there is not one person who lives upon the earth that has the promise of tomorrow. In other words, should our lives end during the course of the night, we will be ready to give an answer to the Creator of all things. Paul tells us that after death, only judgment remains, and he was absolutely correct. After death, we can neither do good or bad. The life we live and the decision we have made will be used to judge us in the end. Salvation is achieved through repentance and acting upon the gospel of the kingdom of God. What is repentance? Paul tells us that it is godly sorrowful sin. What can we assimilate repentance with? Well, Peter is a perfect example. Let us read in Luke 22, 31 to 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Yes, it was a crucial time for Peter. At the time, he did not realize how great this gospel would become, and neither did he realize what would be required of him. He realized his true character through a test that would make him realize how superficial he was. Regardless of Peter's shortcomings, Jesus loved him, and more so because of repentance. We don't know how Peter knowingly denied knowing the Lord three times when Jesus was arrested and being persecuted. Jesus told Peter that he would deny knowing Jesus three times before the cock would crow. That evening, Peter's impetuous spirit said to Jesus that he would never deny the Lord and would go to death with him. When I made associate Peter with Jesus, Peter immediately denied knowing Jesus and the cock crew the first time. Perhaps Peter presumptuously thought that it was just a coincidence when the cock did crow, and thus he was unable to identify any wrongdoing. When Peter denied the Lord the second time, the third time, the cock crowed immediately. At the same time, Jesus was able to immediately pick Peter out from amongst the violent crowd that persecuted him. Having eyes fixed on Jesus, Peter wept bitterly, finally realizing what he had done. Paul took those emotions and put them into words. Let us read in 2 Corinthians 7 to 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. In essence, Paul was saying, repent, go, and sin no more. What can you do to be saved, viewers? The answer is found in the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. Let us turn to and read John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus was preaching to an untoward God generation using the word verily. It's significant and expresses the compassion Jesus had for the lost sheep of Israel. Verily means truth or being truthful. Obviously, there were others who claimed to be the Messiah, just as this present day has its false Christ, false prophets, and false doctrines. The strongest opposition came from the Jews who were staunch in their traditions. Cults and idol worship were also prevalent, as described in Paul's epistles. In spite of this atmosphere of men doing what was right in their own eyes, Jesus said, nevertheless said, he must be born again. In other words, his words take precedence. Being born again addresses the natural birth by which we have inherited sin, and then of the rebirth in Christ, which removes our sins. Yes, one must be born of water and of the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of God. 
as we have been separated from our mother's womb into sin, we must then acknowledge that we must be born out of the womb of righteousness through the gospel of the kingdom of God, that we might have eternal life. Let us read in 1 John 5, 6-9. This is he that cometh by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he had testified of his Son. What we learn from this scripture at the least is that God is greater than us all. And he has sanctioned that only through Jesus and in his name are we able to be saved. Here, John the Beloved clarifies the authenticity of Jesus. Jesus came from the, out of the bosom of the Father. It's like saying Jesus came out of the heart of God. Yes, a body was born into this world, but the spirit rested in the bosom of the Father. The authority of heaven and addresses the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost as being one in the same, which can be seen in the physical appearance of Jesus Christ. God is the Spirit, and no man's eyes have seen his face and lived. Yet a few have had the privilege to see similitudes of his form. Secondly, notice as the scripture uses the term word versus son to describe God's second manifest. This indicates how the word of God was transformed from one nature to another. Let us read in John 1, 1 and 14. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God and his righteousness are omnipresent, and have transcended every generation of man without change. It was in an appointed time that he created himself a body that his spirit might dwell within. The body that was created for him carried his name and became the only approved image of the invisible God, and the name manifested was Jesus. Thus, it is with his weight of authority that the word of God will take precedence above all other interpretation of his sovereign power. John makes this point clear based on the authority of the Spirit. When we are attempting to fully understand the Scriptures, we must trust in its author, Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. We should not be influenced by the findings of the theological experts, but must be conscious of the truth that has been revealed by the Spirit. It is obvious the Sanhedrin, which consisted of learned people of the time, opposed whatever Jesus did, even though his ministry, including miracles, never seen before. Though times have changed, the opposition remains the same denying the deity of Jesus Christ and his name. Thusly, during this dispensation of grace, the spirit, water, and blood become mouthpieces in defense of Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom of God. Then let's look at their significance. The spirit who is God has transcended generations in heaven and earth and has said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. His phrase was heard at Jordan when Jesus was baptized and at the foot of Mount Hermon where Jesus was transfigured and seen talking with Moses and Elijah. Water was used to cleanse the earth and sinful people during Noah's time. The earth was covered with water for a period of 150 days before the waters began to recede. The flood water covered everything with the earth's highest peak covered in excess of 20 feet. However, the same water that destroyed everything upon the earth delivered eight souls who found refuge in the ark. 
Thus the scripture is found in 1 Peter 3.21. The light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As you can see, TV viewers, water baptism is an act of faith and obedience to the known will of God. The blood of Jesus is also of great importance. Jesus shed his blood, that is, gave up his life as an atonement for sin. The events that took place on the night of the first Passover foreshadowed the soon coming Savior. The blood of the sacrifice that was placed on the door lintel and post delivered Israel from an affliction man never experienced before. Accordingly, the price was paid for sin, and therefore the name of Jesus delivers one from the consequences of sin. Let us read in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, today is the day of salvation, TV viewers, if you hear the voice of the Lord. The name of Jesus is of the greatest importance, because without it, no one can be saved. And I repeat, no one. Peter, who was now filled with the Holy Ghost, was able to put the pieces of this magnificent gospel picture together, taking heed to his spirit and relying fully on the Holy Ghost. Peter was able to see things he was never able to see or understand before. All the words of Jesus that he heard previously were now coming to light. Peter was now able to speak with enthusiasm and boldness and without fear of persecution. Thusly, the words he spoke to the populace of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost reinforced the words of Jesus spoken in John 3, 5. In other words, Jesus and Peter both addressed the necessity of water baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. Let us read in Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I could never overemphasize why the gospel of the kingdom of God must be taken seriously. Israel's people failed because they could not release themselves from their traditions. Because of their pride, they made it a point to discount every word and miracle performed by Jesus. Though being zealous for the righteousness of God, they failed to see the prophecies and promises of God being fulfilled in Jesus. Paul addressed their unbelief in this manner. It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The Christian realm today has similar thinking to that of the Sanhedrin of the day. My advice to you, our viewers, is that you don't allow yourself to be confused by erroneous interpretations of the Bible or traditions. When it comes to the things that pertain to life and the kingdom of God, Jesus is the ruling authority. And he has a final say. Jesus is telling you simply, he must be born again. It is unfortunate that at times believers tend to stray from the fact that the word of God takes precedence. Many have developed itching ears that have caused themselves to be deceived and err from the faith. They prefer to focus and memory over the things they are restricted from doing and therefore fail to see the greater good in every doctrine and ordinance Jesus requires all believers to follow. Many have self-inspired understanding and wisdom and deny the basic rule of thumb in serving the Lord, which is, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. A multitude of sacrifices has no worth if the heart does not intend on being obedient to God's commandments. The decisions we have learned to accept as being correct and permissible from our forefathers and from that of an ungodly world is really a snare to believers. 
In reality, traditions, when compared to godly life, will serve to encourage in God ungodly living without conviction. Therefore, the times demand that those who preach the word of God should preach their sermons with compassion and boldness. They should not fear schisms or any negative reaction from the congregation, but should fear the Lord more. Preachers who are willing to talk about Jesus should not allow themselves to be held hostage by circumstances or by an atmosphere that appears to be intimidating. Please remember how Paul convicted himself when he said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Let us read a passage that describes the attitude and spirit of a congregation that desires to live conveniently in sin. Let us turn to read Isaiah, the 30th chapter, 9 and 10. This is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. We say to the seers, see not. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. I'm sure of years you know of someone who has rejected sermons that have convicted the heart. Just imagine if an entire congregation would oppose hearing convicting sermons and demand that the preacher only preach that God is love. Yes, God is love. And then that love him will keep all of his commandments. Doing so, they will be reaching towards a greater understanding to see the greater good. The congregation that is in the spirit of God will never dictate or intimidate the pastor on the subject matter of the sermons. If the preacher is God-fearing and being led by the Spirit, then he will preach what the Spirit of God moves him to preach. For instance, if the preacher desires to talk about Jesus and thus restrains his spirit from talking about the gospel of the kingdom of God and the sin that separates men from God, that preacher is being held hostage by a congregation that rejects the name of Jesus. If the Spirit moves a preacher to address matters of the heart that might offend the congregation and does not allow the Spirit to speak for the preservation of the church, that preacher and the pulpit from which the Word of God is being preached is being held hostage by contentious and rebellious people. If a preacher fails to measure up to the standards of the Word of God in his life and fails to prove with works the vocation of his calling, then that preacher is being held hostage by his inability and lack of faith. Simply put, if a preacher fails in his responsibility, who then can be saved? Let us read in Jeremiah 1, 8 to 10. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy, and to throw down and to build and to plant. Why did God send prophets like into Isaiah and Jeremiah? It was because the pastors, priests, and prophets were failing terribly. Instead of steering Israel away from sin and idolatry, these, through their wisdom, were misleading them and getting them more deeply involved in sin. Thus, God chose to speak through his prophets one by one, up until Jesus was born. God not only instructed Jeremiah to root out and break down what was ungodly and an abomination, but he also instructed him to restore, in this case, Israel to a state where God is glorified in its people through faithful works. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, 
This is your host, Hit Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his sweet hands. I now call upon the church band to play their final number for today, entitled Sunlight.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.